Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. It's a new year on the podcast, and I'd like to introduce you to some changes that we're making to the show. We're excited to introduce our partnership program. This will allow us to showcase more of the leaders, innovators, and organizations who are at the forefront of the economic transformation happening in our city and our province. Take a few minutes and be curious. Visit their websites, check them out on social media, and most importantly, get involved where you can. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Copysmith. Copysmith is this incredibly cool Alberta-based company that got on my radar about three, four months ago. What they do is they use cutting-edge AI technology to help you with your copywriting. That can be ads, it can be you know product descriptions, it can be emails, social media posts, even blog copy. And I know recently they just added a feature to help you with your landing page copy. So this isn't just for marketers. This is for anyone where copywriting comes up on a daily basis, which for many of us is frequently and also can be a bit intimidating. If you're not a writer, but yet it's something we have to do and we have to do well to get our messages across. Having a tool like this really helps you get that first draft, gets you started, gets you 80, 90% of the way there. It really drops the intimidation factor and gets things rolling. So if you're curious to learn more and you want to take technology out of this cool realm of something you heard about to actually a practical use case, check out Copysmith. Their platform is, like I said, I've been using it for about three, four months personally, and it has been beneficial on multiple occasions. So copysmith.ai and use the promo code collision for 30% off any of their plans for the first three months. And a warm on a cold winter day, collisions, welcome to Miss Trish Josephs. Sorry, Trish. I'm doing great. Uh, Thank you so much for, thanks so much for coming on. You are very welcome. I don't even remember, I'm like, I'm trying to think the Calgary thing. Did we just get randomly introduced or did you reach, I don't know, I'm always laughing because Calgary is such a way of one degree of separation. And as I'm chatting with you, I don't even remember how you and I met and now we're having a podcast. (laughs) I think we got random. We got introduced by Damaris Sampini, mutual oh, friend. Damaris is awesome. And yeah, that would got. make sense. Yeah. Yes, got it. Like, good memory, a better memory than me. I'm like, oh, I can't place it. It doesn't matter. Calgary is an amazing world. It's the biggest small town I ever lived in, and I oversay that, but it's it's constantly true. But Trish, you are the let me pull up so I get it right. Vice President Global Business Development at ZS2 Technologies. So that's maybe not what we're going to fully get into today, but let's give a little plug. What's ZS2 all about? And then we'll then we'll get into the real meat of today's conversation. Sure. ZS2 is a technology company in the construction space, and we're uh, we're a material science company bringing to market uh, better technologies for building buildings so that it's better for the people on the planet. And uh, we focus on prefabricated construction and utilizing uh, healthier, safer, and more sustainable building materials. Well, well, very well said for the, for, the, for the point on the end. I've, I have a little bit of an inside track because I had the privilege of talking to your CEO and one of your founders, Scott Jenkins, who's going to be out right away. So if anybody's curious of learning a little bit more at ZS2, Scott and I had a great conversation and he's incredibly passionate about it and just a really inspiring guy. And I love what you guys are doing and I love it that it's like you're, build, you're making things and you're doing it here in Alberta, but yet your customers are global. So I was pretty excited about what you guys, what you guys are all about. And I would say you're also maybe a best kept secret at this point because you guys are pretty new as well, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Well, Trish, I know you're pretty pa- you're a passionate lady, and I've got you know you know I've met a couple times, but I've certainly picked that up. And in one of our last conversations, we really got into 
the conversation around pivoting and real world pivoting and what it means in Alberta right now, not only for businesses, but individuals. And you bring a real interesting background to the table because you have a pretty diverse background for different industries of someone who I feel like has really lived that life of adapting and, you know, kind of going where the puck is almost to use a, to use an overused hockey analogy. So maybe I'd love to get your perspective on maybe your own journey around pivoting your career, but also your perspective. And, you know, I know you're very bullish and very optimistic on Alberta, but there is some of that pivoting that needs to happen at all levels for us to, 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 you know, take care of that, I guess, or take advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Tyler, I'm a, I'm a native Calgarian. So I have lived in Calgary and Alberta my entire life. And of course, growing up in Calgary, uh, it's typical that most people would be involved in the energy sector. For me, I did uh, a biochemistry degree at UVA, and I started out my career in healthcare and uh, spent many, many years working in all areas of healthcare. And after about two decades in healthcare, I made a major pivot and I went into the energy sector. And my first uh, opportunity in the energy sector was actually working with a digital technology company, uh, trying to break into the energy sector. So I spent some time working in the energy sector and I worked for conventional oil and gas. I worked for a steel fabricator, uh, did some really interesting contracts in the area of business development. And then I had the opportunity to work at Imaginea Energy with Suzanne West. And many individuals in Calgary would recognize that name. Suzanne is one of our laureates for the Alberta Business Hall of Fame. And she was an amazing person to work with because through that experience at Imaginea, we were heavily focused on technology for clean energy. And that opened up a world that actually I hadn't been that exposed to. And just the areas of technology and how they can cross sectors. After Suzanne passed away, I had the opportunity to go back into healthcare and become the vice president of a medical cannabis company. And so that dipped me into the foray of the agricultural world to a certain extent, and um, spent about a year there. And then I uh, looped over to the construction industry. And that's where I've been for the last, uh, say, three and a half years, working in the technology space in the construction industry. So absolutely, I've had a chance to, to move across the, the different industries. And um, in Alberta, we, it, it's quite unique because... If we ourselves can wrap our heads around the fact that we have skills that are highly sought after in different industries, there's tremendous opportunity for people. Um, one of the challenges we have in Alberta is that we have been so uh, heavily centric on the resource industry that many people have just stayed in that industry for a bulk of their career. And so sometimes it's difficult to see how those skills and, and abilities that you've, you've developed in one industry can actually go across to another. And do you find that, you know, from your own, from your own journey, uh, is it the reality that they don't transfer or I know we're getting into a little bit of the nuance of the psychology of it, but is it often just the belief and that willingness to be uncomfortable? And because there's two folds, there's like, well, what I did here doesn't really transfer over there. There's that new industry doesn't recognize my 20 years of XYZ experience. And then there's simply like, I don't know if I'm the right person for that. There's a little bit of that imposter syndrome, something that comes up often, I think in our, in our, in our world for people or, you know, which do you see, or is it, is it literally a blend of all, of all three, depending on the, the person and the situation? 
Well, I think it is a blend of all three, but I think quite honestly, Tyler, um, so many of the skills do transfer. And when we stayed in our lane so long, and I'll give you the example of being in the energy sector for, for 20 years. And let's say you're an engineer in the energy sector, a process engineer in the energy sector. And that's where you've worked your entire career. And all of a sudden now, um, those jobs aren't there. And you're looking at your skill set and saying, well, what do I do with this skill set? There's process uh, uh, streams in the agricultural sector, in the cannabis sector, in healthcare, that actually can utilize those skills that you've developed in the energy sector. And it is a matter of, number one, getting out of your comfort zone. Number two, you know, understanding, uh, I think, the ecosystem that we have today in Alberta. Um, What used to be is now gone. So we need to just let that go. And that's part of it is being able to say that world is not coming back. Uh, we have we have a now economy, we have a now ecosystem, and then we have where we're going in the future. And, and really be focused on what does that look like. And I think one of the things that is complicated in Alberta is, is digital technology has come so fast and has changed so many things that for many of us that have worked for, you know, over 10 years, let's say, or 15 years, uh, we now have an education piece that we ourselves have to do. We have to be in charge of our own education to say, I need to understand this digital technology and I need to be proficient at it. And, And I have to develop some skills. And that's part of the hurdle, because if you were always in the energy sector, you kind of knew the skill set that you needed to do the job that you had. So now that job is gone, or, or it could be transitioning. And now you've got to say, okay, so what is this new skill set that I need? You know, where do I get it? And then there's, I think there is a bit of a fear factor in saying, how do I go over to, you know, the agricultural industry? I don't know people there. How do I go into the cannabis side where my process engineering skills could be extremely valuable, but I don't really have a network there? So I think there's multiple things that have to happen. And I mean, the one thing that I will say about Alberta that I think is incredibly unique about Alberta, and I'm so proud of, is that, that we are friendly. And this is a province where people help each other. And they're willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work and help each other. So there's an opportunity to reach out to people and to connect with people and to, you know, collaborate with people. And it's a friendly way because that that's the culture that we have in Alberta. And, um, you know, I mean, right now it's tough because it's COVID. So the, the typical ways that we used to collide with people and the spaces that we used to use to collide and, and just the, the infrastructure that we have in the city of Calgary that we used to use to collide, none of that is happening right now. So, so it is a challenge. Well, if you but, just think how much of our world, and I've talked to people from other cities on the show that have their perspective on Calgary and they're like, you're plus 15. Like that's a magical place when you come to town and you can just stroll around and meet people, like, you know, referring to the old days of, you know, there's certain just the way our city functions. And I like what you said though, that, it's not that you might not have a skill in a certain sector, but you don't have a network there. And, you know, I joke and I've said it already, big, small town, 
that's that's true as long as you're inside a sphere where you have connections. And most people I know in Alberta, like well, most places, but they don't just put it in an application or submit a resume. They know somebody, they make a call, somebody does an introduction. But that's hard when you're bridging into another industry. So that not to not to downplay that at all, because I think it is a real barrier for sure. It certainly can be until you like put yourself out there, which in the last ten months has been very difficult. Yeah, and I, but I think that's also changing, Tyler, because. When I look at the innovation ecosystem in Alberta, and let's talk more specifically about Calgary, because we're in Calgary right now, um, there is an incredible number of entities that are actively working right now to develop what is going to be the new Alberta. Let's, you know, the Alberta advantage again. And it, it starts with Alberta Innovates and it trickles down to all of these different organizations, entities that are helping entrepreneurs develop new technology. They're helping people retool their skills. And this is post-secondary included. And for the people that are listening, I would encourage them to take a look at an entity called the Calgary Innovation Coalition. So it's calgaryinnovationcoalition.ca. And when you go on that website, you are going to see this this, uh, graphic of all of these different entities that are working so hard in the innovation ecosystem. And they cross industries. So they're industry agnostic. This isn't just the energy sector. This is our major industries. So if we look at Alberta and we say, what is it? What is the fabric of Alberta? The fabric of Alberta and Western Canada is actually the energy sector. It's our agricultural sector. It's our healthcare and our biotech. It's our infrastructure, construction companies, companies like I'm at. That's a huge area for us. And then when we look at technology, technology is the enabler of all of these industries. I know in Calgary, we talk about growing a tech industry. But I'd like to throw out there that there's two sides to that coin. There is companies that are pure digital technology companies. But there's a whole host of technology companies that are the enabler for our base industries. And those are the ones that, you know, will link people from different industries. So I'll give you an example. Um, For example, ZS2 Technologies. We are a technology company in the construction space. Uh, We are going to be rapidly expanding because we're setting up an advanced manufacturing facility here in Calgary. And we've got big global plans for what we're going to do. So we're going to be looking for engineers, project managers, all of the infrastructure to help us grow that company. Much of that infrastructure could actually come from the energy industry. There are people in the energy industry, whether it be people on the finance side, the project management side, that actually could be quite helpful for us at ZS2 as we grow. We can take other, you know, other companies in different industries. When I was in the cannabis industry, it was exactly the same way. And the cannabis industry and the agricultural sector, I think, are quite unique because we are developing uh, major food production facilities here in Alberta. We've got some major uh, medical cannabis and related entities that are starting to surface in Alberta. And those people, those companies need people that have these skills, project management skills, process engineering skills, 
all of these different skills that actually we developed through the resource industry. So curious, from the inside perspective, I hear you loud and clear, and I, 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 I quote-unquote get it. When you look at the recruiting and the hiring practices and the type of, like, it feels like it's, it's more complex almost for a company like ZSU, or we'll pick a cannabis company, to go, how do I then, in a streamlined way, identify the core skills that, because when you look at the resume, it's not going to look familiar. So I think Scott and I actually talked about this, of, you know, how do you create a hiring protocol that kind of almost looks through the keywords, you know, like a lot of the way resumes are filtered now, if those keywords don't line up, it doesn't show up. But I guess being creating a, an open hiring practice, because it feels like you almost have to be a little bit more creative as a, as a company that's in need of people to find the people with the right skills, But because it doesn't show up like the job description maybe that you wrote out because they're coming from a different industry. Just thoughts on that, because it does feel like it, take, it feels like it's a little bit more work, worth it, but still a little bit more work. And when you're going 100 mile an hour, sometimes those extra steps are, they're harder to do. Yeah, I think you're right. I think one of the challenges is actually in that process of of the hiring and and HR professionals have their work cut out for them because so much of what they that initial screening that they do now <laughs> is done through the robot. And so we've lost kind of that personal touch and I mean Alberta was built on the personal touch. So it would be fascinating like I love the story of Adabotics. And uh, if you go back and you talk to Scott Gravel about how he started Adabotics, and he, he himself had a passion about keeping people in Calgary. He could see what was happening in the energy industry as people were starting to get laid off. And how could he bring some of those people over to what he's doing? Robotic technology, artificial intelligence. I mean, we hear so much about machine learning and artificial intelligence in this province. And, and so how do we bring people across? And, and I think a big part of that is you have to have those personal conversations because yeah, sometimes in a personal conversation, you can unearth a skill, a capability that never pops out at you on a resume. And, and I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's, if you look at the Calgary Innovation Coalition, and for people right now that I would say that are unemployed or looking for a pivot or looking for something new, take a look at some of those companies and some of those entities on that website. Go to their website, start to attend some of the events. And here's a, a, a method I think that, that has worked extremely well for me and for so many others is when we get into some of these podcast events, because COVID is here for a while. So it's yes, here. Unfortunately, you're right. <laughs> and there's an opportunity for you, usually in these podcasts, to introduce yourself in the chat. Well, think about how you're going to do that. You're going to introduce yourself in the chat. And then there's always an opportunity, and often in some of those, to be able to reach out to somebody at, in the chat and say, you know, hey, how about setting up a Zoom conversation? Just 15 minutes of your time to, 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 to start to do that networking that we would normally do in the plus 15s at the Calgary Stampede, at the hockey game, at the, I mean, Calgary is such a, a, a community city, right? We, we love interacting with people. I mean, the, I, I think, you know, I have three brothers and my brothers were always really big hockey players. And not only did they love going to hockey games, but they themselves played shinny hockey. I mean, that was a way, that is a whole culture in itself to interact and to network. And right now we don't have any of that happening. So it's really difficult. 
Well, no, and I think you're right. And I think it's, you know, for some people, what you described is, is, is uncomfortable. I'm used to going to the hockey game. I'm used to going to the stampede, but putting yourself out there. And I, and I, I do applaud a lot of the companies out there. I'm involved with tech and they had a networking last night where they used this virtual, you know, room where you could move from table to table and be in a chat. And at first it felt a bit awkward, but after five minutes, you're like, oh, this is just another way of doing it. And I met a handful of people from Edmonton. And so I do applaud a lot of the companies, but you, you as an individual have to put yourself maybe into a place place that it's going to be maybe uncomfortable because it's new and not everyone loves that. And there's often a piece of technology involved, which almost becomes another story why you can't do it. The argument is like, get on board because we don't have a choice, right? <laughs> not, to, not to be too in your right. face about it. Right. Well, the, and, and you know, the reskilling ourselves and really understanding that, that our world is a technology enabled world. And, and I mean, the, the skills that we need in technology, they're not going away. And we, we need to keep up with that, right? We, we yeah, do I, I need to keep up with that. About, what you said about education, I've had, I have a few other people on talking about education and that's personal responsibility around education now. It's not as simple as I signed up for a program and I got a diploma and now I do the thing. Like right. you said, it has to be a much more like, I need this skill, so I'm going to go learn that. It's almost like you're curating your own little mini like set of credentials to, to be able to deal with the life that you choose. It's a much more self-directed, like whether it's your health, whether it's your education, whether it's your finances. You know, I had someone on yesterday talking about financial sovereignty and he was talking about Bitcoin and how much more personal responsibility we have to take around the world that we're in versus just having it kind of laid out for us. And I'm not minimizing that, you know, it was, oh, it's just laid out and it's easy, but there's so much self-curation required now of almost like building your own set of credentials to fit your own passions and what you believe are the most valuable for you. That's kind of a new phenomenon, I would say, or certainly the last five or 10 years. I, you know what, Tyler, you're absolutely right. And I mean, a lot of people talk about the gig economy, right? What is, what is the gig economy look like? And I mean, I have a master's degree in education. Uh, I, I did a specialty in curriculum. So I'm very passionate about lifelong learning, education. What does this look like for us as we go forward? So not only do I think we need to curate our own education and, uh, and tie that to what we're passionate about, but I think, uh, you know, when I think about uh, employment opportunities or career opportunities, we are actually going to get to a point where we may see a job posting that says, you know, uh, a lot of this I'm interested in, but I think I can add something to this. So it's almost Back like to the we, value, we, value, the value conversation, right? Yeah. So we're going to actually, I believe in the future, we're going to see an opportunity and say, I absolutely want to go after that because I think this opportunity could be bigger than what they even think. And we're going to start to craft uh, opportunities for ourselves that we're passionate about. And I will give you uh, the example of this in my career. Uh, when I went, when I first met Suzanne West and she was building out Imaginea Energy, uh, her and I had coffee and we had repeated coffees and breakfast for almost three years and uh, at one point, she said to me, you know, you're so passionate about technology and energy in Alberta, you, you need to come work for me. And uh, she said, create a job that you would love at Imaginea. And I actually had to do that, Tyler. And I looked at, you know, what Imaginea was trying to achieve and the gaps that they had in certain areas. And I literally said, Suzanne, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm passionate about. This is where I have skills. And this is how I think it can fit into Imaginea today and the Imaginea of the future. 
And we literally created this job. And it was a job that was a combination of government relations, uh, First Nation relations, strategic business development, technology innovation, and because I have a STEM background. So I understood the science, technology, engineering part. Um, so it was this, you would never find this as a job description, you know, because there was a huge part of it, which was connecting us to the innovation ecosystem. So we had to create it. So Tyler, one of the things that I do think that we're going to see as we move forward is that the companies that are going to be highly successful, um, I think they have to have this type of mindset. And we talk about an, an innovation mindset. Well, this is part of the innovation mindset around HR. You know, we need somebody with these skills to do this piece of work and to help us grow the company. But what else can they bring to the table? Well, maybe we need to ask them. (laughs) And you know what? Because they might see things that we don't see. That's such an interesting, empowering. I think some people are going to be listening to us going, oh, wow, I, I can't wait to have that. And other people are probably going, oh, like you're not just going to tell me what to do. And I'm not minimizing or maximizing either group, but I've had friends like, oh, I wish I could just go to work and they could, I could just like kind of, they could just tell me what to do and I could leave. And as an entrepreneur, that's never been my world. But I also believe what you said, that the world is changing and there's the level of competitiveness, the rapid pace of change, that there's going to be a portion of your job might be what needs to get done. But the other portion is the opportunity that could save the company, <laughs> could give you a 10x opportunity, who knows? But I think that's a very different mindset. I don't, I don't know if we've been all, we, all set up to think that way up to this point. But you're right, it's rapidly coming at us. So the, the need to pivot and be much more resilient, adaptable, cure, inherently curious those are characteristics that to me almost you need to hire for first and then you can worry about skills after (laughs) i i think it's a combination because i think in the end i mean we always got to look at and think to ourselves what value are we bringing right because the reason that you would join a company and they would hire you is because they believe that you're going to bring value to the company so when, you, when that becomes the forefront, and then we've got these pieces that are happening today, uh, continuous, continuous disruption. Disruption is not, it's continuous now. now. And then we have to get the piece where we need contagious innovation. So companies want people that are always thinking about how can we get better? How can we add value? And, and they have an energy around them, Right. This positive energy of, I love to come to work here. I love this culture. And my ideas are valuable and they can make a difference in this company. Those are the companies that we are seeing that are really growing fast, taking off. If you would go to some of these companies that are, that are doing extremely well today in Calgary, I think one of the things is culture, Okay. So you've got that mindset around, uh, we're, we're dropping the tools. Everything that we used to do, we've dropped them. We've dropped the tools. So we know we used to tell you what to do in your job. And we know we used to have these defined parameters. But this is the world is moving too fast. And we can't do all of that ourselves. The people in the management positions or the, the leadership teams, there's no physical way that they can do all of that work themselves anymore. So they now have to empower the people and say, you know, look, you bring 
to me, a set of talents and energy, a passion, abilities, and I need to let you run with some of that because I believe that you're going to add value to my company. You're going to add, this is why we're here, right? And, and it's, exci- it's exciting and scary all at the same time. Like, you know, I, it's easy to get caught into the enthusiasm and that sounds amazing. Yeah. But when that hits the real world, you're right. And there's certain yeah. cultures that pull it off well. And I think it's always a, an opportunity to, to be better at that and to different degrees. It doesn't always show up as a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Well, no, of course. And, you know, we still have to perform. I mean, you know, we can talk all we want, but in, in, <laughs> but, but in the end, we still have to demonstrate So we have to, and I mean, give you an example. I mean, in anyone that's selling a new technology, you have to sell the technology. You need customers and you need sales. So sooner or later, the basics of business still need to transpire, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting now, though, is so much more of the companies, there's, there's a purpose behind what they do. Purpose driven companies, purpose driven leadership you know, servant leadership, all of these things. And, and this is the world now because the, the, the millennial generation, they want different things. Tyler, I have three, three kids and they are all in that generation. They're, they're late twenties, you know, 30 year olds. And they, they're the way that they see the world is very different than the generations before them. Um, they want to go to work and they want to love their job. And they'll work hard, but they do want to love their job. They want to know that the company is is doing good things. You know, this whole notion of good for people and good for planet, that's real and that's here to stay. And, and And I mean, for all of us that follow the news, you know, the energy sector, what it, the, the future is clean energy. We're, we're not getting rid of energy. We're not going to get rid of fossil fuels anytime soon. But there is a drive towards this idea of clean energy, sustainability, and all of these things that fit along with that. Now, sadly, in Alberta, we've been doing all of that for a lot of years. Uh, We just haven't been good at telling our story. Right? I think we we definitely lost control of the narrative on that one. Absolutely. Because when you really start peeling back the layers... Alberta is, is a world leader when it comes to environmental stewardship, all the things that we do here. But yet we lost that narrative and you can get beat in the, in the court of public opinion, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting. Like just this week, Elon Musk was talking about $100 million for carbon capture. I honestly believe that the people, the, the, the solution that he's going to give that money to is going to come from Alberta. We, hmm. we have a brain bank here that is incredible. We have such smart, talented people. And it's not just in artificial intelligence and machine learning. It's in process. It's in healthcare technology. It, it goes across these sectors. We have some of the smartest people around in agriculture and agricultural tech in the world. And, and so, you know, now we've got to kind of come together and say, let's build this out. And I, I have to give a shout out here to, to Minister Schweitzer and because, because I believe that the government of Alberta is really, they're walking the talk with this one. They are going cross sector. They're looking at all of these different sectors and they are putting in structures in place to help promote entrepreneurship. Uh, promote technologies. Let's keep going. Like, like, let's build out this new Alberta. And they've been re- they've been good at it, and and their hearts in it, which is really good. And it, and, it, and it's a journey. And we're we're you know unfortunately we need 
overnight successes, but we're on a five or 10 year cycle. And, you know, I'm just paraphrasing numbers, but it's going to be a long time to move Alberta. And I'm with you. I'm the whole point of this podcast is to talk about reality, but in a very positive way and to get stories out, because I also believe a lot of the good things that are happening in Alberta don't get talked about enough. We're too busy just getting shit done here. (laughs) We don't always tell the story, but I am very bullish on it. And not just, you know, blatantly optimistic, but when you talk about something you and I were talking about offline, I appreciate the move towards technology. And like you said, it's, 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 it's not a sector, it's an underpinning, but Albertans have an incredible ability to just get stuff done, like physically get things done. Like right. this is a province of builders, makers, creators, you know, we, from, from the oil sands and the innovation that happened there to just the, the, the ag sector and the just pure grit in this province, you put that together with some enablement of technology, that's a pretty powerful formula in my opinion. It is. And I, I know we often look outside to try and find the skills and some of those things that we need. But honestly, I, Tyler, I think a lot of them are right here under our nose. And we might just need to shift at how we're looking for those people. And, and be a little bit patient in a very short time frame to help those people come up to speed with technology. And, and, and you know, there's, uh, there's some interesting stuff going on right here that, that I think a lot of people don't even know about. I mean, we've got a program called Avatar Innovations that's got 300 people in, Cal- in Alberta and across Canada involved in looking at innovations in the energy sector. And so, uh, you know, hats off to, to Kevin Crossard and his team and TC Energy and a number of the other big companies that dove into this and said, you know, we, we, we're going to attack some of these problems that we're seeing in moving towards clean energy, but we're going to do it with our own people because sometimes those people have the best ideas. And so Tyler, you know, really, I think it's how do we get more of those people having conversations with people that need problems solved, companies that need problems solved. You know, and and well, and I, that's the out yeah, of the no, box. No, I think you're 100 percent right because that's that's where you know nothing much nothing much in life happens without a relationship or at least a conversation, right? When you bring again two ideas, and that's originally why we even podcast got started. Uh, my friend Kevin, who came to me with the idea and said, "Hey, we need to do this," because he was talking to a person on one side of the street that was trying to solve a problem, and then he'd go talk to somebody on the other side of the street who either solved it or was trying to solve the same problem, and they weren't speaking to each other. Yeah. That was kind of the initial conversation him and I had. He's like, "We've got these pockets of problems and solutions, but they're not coming together." And, you know, like I think you and I said, even offline, there's a level of fragmentation that I think is just part of our natural transition, but it can't, it, it can't get unfragmented fast enough, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, some of the baggage we need to drop. And, and this <laughs> might become, this might be a very controversial statement, but, you know, for years in Calgary with the energy sector, you, you kind of started your career in the energy sector and you stayed in that lane. And there wasn't a lot of movement and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, if I'd worked 10 years in healthcare and said, all of a sudden I want to go to the energy sector, there wasn't a lot of open doors saying, come and talk to us. Or, you know, so, so we've had decades of that, right? Where we've kind of stayed in our lane. Agriculture stayed in agriculture, energy stayed in ag- energy, da, 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 da. We need to drop all that baggage. And we need to now say, okay, no, we, we can't think and behave like that. Actually, what we need to do is we, we need to be looking for people with these base level of skills and know that they're passionate about working in Alberta and about Alberta. And then let's get them to work. 
and, and, and let's get them and, and, and see what they can do. And, you know, so many of these sectors need those individuals. And I'll give you another example. When I was in the uh, medical cannabis space, one of the, the, lar- the biggest resources that is used in the cannabis industry outside of energy is water. And here we have the world's best people in water. I mean, Kim Sturgis and what she's done with the Water Next Accelerator, and it's now teamed up with uh, Foresight out of Vancouver. We probably have some of the world's best resources when it comes to water, preserving water, technologies around water. But cannabis, I can guarantee you, was not talking to the energy sector. Mm-hmm. Where much of those That's such a great example of like let's position the problem as just the problem, not right. a sector specific problem, right. and then allow smart people to apply what they know to solve it. Right. That's an interesting when you just elevate the problem out of the industry to like, hey, we have a problem with yeah. water. Here's the parameters yeah. of it. Not even you wouldn't even have to say what industry was it in, and that would right. actually probably give it more. You know, you could crowdsource the problem solving a lot easier by not pigeonholing it into a certain sector. And and you know, um, kudos to Alberta Innovates because they are starting to do this. And, and I think we're, we're, we're getting to a point where we've said, yeah, okay, we need to think about the problem we're solving, industry agnostic. And so, like, for example, waste, you know, agricultural waste to energy. Well, that can go all across industries. I mean, we could be talking to the healthcare industry about all the food waste that they have in theirs. We could be talking to all of these different industries. So I think it's just a bit of a, a it's, it's this idea of the circular economy. And I've been quite heavily involved in the circular economy and this idea of abundance, right? So, so we need to do better for everybody. So if we got a problem here, we probably have a problem over here that's similar. So let's just fix it for everybody, right? And the idea of the circular economy is it, the basis of that is really our environment, right? We need to take care of the earth that we have. So let's. Start. It's, our, it's our ultimate shared. It's our ultimate shared resource. <laughs> Absolutely, and I and I mean, I think in the next year we are going to see some fantastic things come out of Alberta, and we're going to see how they go across industries. And we're starting. We're seeing it already. Uh, another example I'll give you is with digital technology. So blockchain technology. We've got a number of Calgary companies that have blockchain technology that is going to go across industries, right? Whether it's, it's, you know, the verification of credentials, you know, TerraHub, you know, what they're doing in the credentialing space. Yes, I, uh, I'm, a good fa- I'm a big fan of Dan Jurescu yeah. and, and his team. I think it's great what they're doing. Over so there. you look at what TerraHub's doing and, and that type of technology can go from the energy industry, construction industry, into education, into healthcare, some of that base technology that they're developing, Right. And, and it's just a matter of... That, yeah, their backbone framework infrastructure, it's, it's almost en- endless where it can have positive impact. So, you know, it's almost like we need... Um, I think there's a core group of people in Alberta that I call our master connectors. They see things at a system view. They're looking at everything at the 10,000 square foot level and saying, oh my goodness, if we could connect this to this to this to this... We could we could take this company from being a technology company worth this to a, like you said a 10x or a 25x or by just crossing it across industries, and and I I am hopeful that there are a number of people like that doing it in, in Alberta and we see it. Look at look at an entity like Thin Air Labs. 
I used to work with Greg Hart at Imaginea. So there, there, there's a group of people that are connecting capital with technologies and it's industry agnostic, right? The 51 is another great example. This is investing in women-led companies. They're completely industry agnostic. So, so let's start to celebrate, tell those stories, connect those entities together. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful that, that the Avatar program, some of the innovations that's going to come out of that, we're going to say, oh my God, this is fantastic. Let's take this and put it in agriculture. Let's take this and put it in aerospace because they have the same problem there. Um, you know, the, the work that we're doing in construction with new building materials, every single industry has infrastructure. Just think about that one. And, and, you know, when we talk about embodied carbon and reducing the carbon footprint, and we talk about highlighting some technology companies that are impacting, you know, the carbon footprint, again, we might need to retool our mindset by thinking, well, what about our own infrastructure? What about our own company and the way that we do things? Can we reduce it like that? And, I like and this, to retool our, I like retool our mindset. You got me on that one. Yeah. And, and I mean, Tyler, I think what's smashing together um, for every industry is this thing about the UN sustainability goals. So we have the UN SDGs and now we have what they call corporate ESG, right? So I say mm-hmm. it's the smashing of the purpose-driven oh, organization, the ESGs, the SDGs, and this is where we develop corporate value. So we're value-driven. I mean, the people that we hire, they're adding value. We as a company are adding value. Trish, that might be your mic drop moment right there. That's, I, I love your passion for this topic. And I, and I, you know, the more I listen and I even think about my journey with the podcast and just meeting people, how far we've come even over the last year and a half. Like I would say if you and I had this conversation a year and a half ago, it wouldn't be nearly as positive or optimistic as it is now. Like we're on a journey, but it's amazing the amount of groups, certainly. And as you become more aware of it, I think the story becomes more positive too. As I've leaned in and talked to people like yourself and met people from Thin Air Labs and met, you know, you know, Judy and Shelly from the 51 and you start to hear and see see these things. It's not just a loose idea anymore. You see, you to see real things happening and it's amazing how much energy that creates because now it's not a, it feels like a little bit more like we're moving towards abundance versus scarcity. And I think that that changes the way people think. So it's interesting, Tyler, I often think, well, what would happen if, uh, you know, once a week, you know, our, our Calgary Herald would have one page that was just celebrating stories of Calgary technology, innovation, this, that, the other thing, so that every week people could read. And, and it would be, it doesn't need to be lengthy. We don't need pages and pages of, of what a company's doing, but we're highlighting, you know, the impact and highlighting what we're doing. Because what happens is you find it in snippets, right? You go on to LinkedIn. It's very, go, it's very, very fragmented. And, and you go, oh my goodness, look at Atabotics. Look at what they're doing. And then you go over here and you go, I didn't even know, Simon, what is this Calgary company that's a billion dollar company? Who are they? And what are they doing? And so, you know, you think about it. And I mean, one of the ways that we can drop the tools, leave the baggage is by not doing things the way we used to do things and <laughs> smashing everything together. And saying, oh, let's talk about venture together with entrepreneurship, together with technology, together with our main industries. You know, we're a resource-driven country. What are we doing around that? People talk about the green recovery. Well, what does a green recovery look like for our amazing educational institutions? All of these pieces, right? Like, we, 
we fit we need to fit it together and with Calgary being such, or Calgary and Alberta in general, being so open to meeting and cross-pollinating, you think this would, we would actually be the most qualified because there's a degree of openness here that I've lived in other cities and they're great, but there's an open door policy in Alberta of if you can provide value, we can, there's something we can find to do together that just doesn't exist the same way in other places and it is one of our superpowers. So listen to you talk about that kind of mindset. We are already, you know, psychologically, or, or, consciously the most qualified to do that, I would say, because of our openness for each other and give, you know, we'll give each other the time of day. And if there's value there, it's amazing how they'll either turn into something or introduce you to somebody that can. So I like what you said. And I, th I think, I think we do have a superpower in, in that area. We just need to, you know, channel it a little bit more. Absolutely. And you know, our educational institutions, I mean, they're a huge piece of this too. You look, at, you look at UFC, you look at Mount Royal, you look at SATE, the new school for digital technology, with digital advancement with, with Jim Gibson and what he's doing. All of these pieces are connected together. And I think what we're going to see, I, I honestly believe in the next few months, is all of these things really starting to come together. And the work that people have been doing is going to start to gel together. And, uh, and I mean, COVID's making a bit of a mess of that, but I think back to the inventors, uh, you know, conference that we had where, where Alberta innovates had smashed all of this together. And those first few years of that conference, and it would go between Calgary, Edmonton, and we'd, we were starting to get the energy behind it and the momentum. And I think we have the momentum now, and now we, we have to be really good at telling our story, Tyler. And I think, uh, Hats off to you because it's people like you that are, that are actually, you know, helping tell the story of Alberta and, and we do need to tell our story and we need to tell it well. And, and when Mary Moran gets on there with Eric Allen and sends out the video that is just so awesome, we need to be celebrating mm -hmm. that. We need to be, that was awesome. we need to be sharing that with our entire networks and saying, yes, this is Calgary. This is us. And this is Alberta. And, and this is our future. And, and so I think it's, that's a huge part of it. No, absolutely. We're, we're all responsible for the brand narrative that, 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 we, that we get to tell. Uh, Trish, thank you so much for your... Well, one, I love your passion. I love your energy. I was excited just for, just for that alone. You, your, your, your volume and amplitude is just the level I love. So thank you for that. And I appreciate how passionate you are about this amazing province and this place that you call home. Um, what's the best place for people to get a hold of you? Can I can only imagine some people are excited to chat with you more and go for, co and go for virtual coffee or real coffee, hopefully soon enough with you. What's, uh, what's the best way? Oh, they can absolutely reach out to me on LinkedIn and uh just just ping me on linkedin and i'm happy to to reach back to people and and love talking about technology and just all of it right <laughs> that's that's awesome I, I love it all trish thank you so much for your time today your energy your perspective and all you do to contribute to this amazing province we live in thank you well thank you and have a great day tyler you too